Hello friends and welcome to episode number 219 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Happy New Year! Happy 2023! This is the year. This is the year, okay, where a Toronto sports team is going to win a championship. It's definitely fucking not the Maple Leafs. Uh, and it's probably not going to be the Raptors either. So definitely it's got to be Raptors. either uh, Toronto FC, or, who I don't think are very good right now, uh, or yeah, that's my way, you know. the Toronto Blue. Yeah, oh, fuck the Argos. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. No, I, I, this this is the year, man. We we gotta believe, right? We gotta go in with positive positivity and yeah, and then be disappointed later, like we always are. So let's let's go. Let's do the usual route. I'm like ninety seven percent sure that Toronto FC doesn't even win twenty games. Like, well, I, uh, they might win. Right. I don't follow the MLS. I don't know how many games they play. So I, I think they play like thirty three. Yeah, okay, maybe though twenty games probably. Is- They're probably shit anyway. So it's all comes down to the Toronto Blue Jays. And uh, very interesting. Uh, we haven't talked since the big trade, trademark. Yeah. Uh, but we'll talk about that today. We'll talk about the acquisition of elite <laughs> pitcher Junior Fernandez. Uh, Junior. We'll talk about what else we have needed. But really, we're just going to, we're having a short episode today where we just talk about the trade and how excited we are because we didn't get to do that. Uh, we went on holiday uh like literally couple, like the day before yeah literally the day before um and then there was it was it is what it is folks we're mm. back now though uh so we get to break this two week old news i hope you're excited <laughs> i know we are no but we're excited uh, to I talk hope you're Jays excited again. to hear the same thoughts that every other blue jays personality has shared because we probably have them <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably, but we're. I'm gonna come at you sideways with some weird Uh-oh. shit oh, that, sounds, that I like that about this pretty, trade uh, on the cusp or on the nose for you. <laughs> and one thing I really don't like about the trade. Oh. So there you go. Uh, some hot takes coming at you. Uh, on par, hot takes on par with the Gibby show. Uh, it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be wild. We're excited to be back. 2023. I think it's gonna be our year. Okay. Nothing really. You just let us go radio silent there. You, there, I mean, there's I no wasn't pump sure up. That, I thought that you were gonna keep going, so I was like waiting for the big motivational speech and never. Came, no, so. there is no motivational speech right now. There's only, uh, <laughs> there's only hope and optimism, right? Yeah, that, that's it's, positivity. That's uh, it's January fifth, and none of uh, none of our favorite sports teams have yet to let us the down. The Blue Jays are undefeated in 2023. Yeah, actually, you know what? That's a lie because the Red Wings are are hot ass uh they <laughs> suck they lost five to one the other day it was just yeah. it was hockey can big sad but baseball uh, season now yeah i get. i guess we got whatever. like a month and like we got like six weeks till pitchers and catchers report now so it's coming yeah but i'm not i'm not going to be excited until it feels like a lot of the preseason. yeah uh, that part's exciting a lot of the pre-preseason though is like we're waiting for a lot of these free agents who are who are very good players, but not like the stars because a lot of stars have signed. Yeah, most um, of them have this year. It's been a, a very normal free agent year post lockout. So yeah, there's there's yeah, and I love the I love all the memes and and stuff that have come out. 
Um, yeah, the we Mar- could talk the about Marble that. Marble races we... on Reddit were pretty awesome. Oh my god, I the Marble races! My seat for that. The, I, I, I'm just happy the Jays made the playoffs, oh, and yeah. then of course they got balanced in the first round because yep. that's what they do. <laughs> that's what Toronto sports teams do. Yes. Uh, anyway, let's let's get into it. But I guess what we'll do is uh, before that, if you like what we do, follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. No blue check mark. We're never going to have that. Don't worry. Yeah, never paying for that. Uh, go ahead and DM or tweet us your questions if you want. Uh, we're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, BFMDpodcast.com is the website content TBD. Uh, thanks for Still taking the time to listen to the episode. <laughs> uh, go ahead and leave us a review or uh, a five-star rating or less, I guess, if you're a dick. Uh, to help more people find us. Uh, otherwise, Justin, um, I want you to take the wheel as our good friend Jesus Christ did in the famous song. And uh, yeah, take us through this trade because this was this caught me off guard because I was traveling uh, when it happened. And uh, I don't know if it really it's quite hit me yet how big of a trade this is. But uh, tell me. Elaborate. Yeah, so this is one that our boy Hendo kind of manifested into destiny. Um, right from the Ugh. kind of the, the off-season get-go, he was one of the people saying that Jews should trade for Dalton Varsho. Um, I didn't think Arizona was going to move him. They have such a good young crop of outfielders. And watch out for Corbin Carroll this year, by the way. That kid's going to be a stud, all-star every year, I think. And maybe yeah. one day, like, he's going to be a silver slugger, I think, uh, very soon in his career insanely talented outfielder with a lot of pop um varsho is a really interesting player he's one of those guys who is drafted as a catcher but is just so athletic that he didn't stick there like he was drafted as a catcher he started his big league career there and then they decided to move him to center field you don't hear that very often i mean usually a catcher like i think josh donaldson will move to third base or first base or something like that you know take advantage of their arm um, but he's out in center field because he's just so athletic and so fast that they felt like he's better off in the outfield. Um, it's it's another move to go along with the Kiermaier trade that will just improve this defense so much. And fans are going to look right away and say, oh, well, he only hit 235. Doesn't matter. He, he put up almost five F war last year. Um, Lourdes Gurriel and Gabe Moreno, the two that they traded for him, uh, in more and about the same number of at bats. Like, Varsha just had under 500, and Moreno and Gurriel had combined about 570 ish, 566 to be exact. They put up 1.7 war, so like a third of what Varsha did by himself. To be fair, that's F war, it's it, yes. so it does take into account defensive and it value should. as well. <laughs> Yes, and, of and course. And Moreno's yeah, defense yes. is great. I'm not. I'm not trying to say to take anything away. Like a lot of Gabe's war was from his defense because he threw out so many base runners in a short amount of time. But Varsho is an outfielder who can play center field. They're probably going to play him in left because you're going to have Kiermaier most likely in center. That's already been confirmed. Yeah, yeah. Left and field. I mean that's where it'll start anyway. But yeah. knowing that you have essentially three center fielders with Springer playing in right, the guy who's played center most of his career. You've got three guys who are capable of playing center field any given day. So you have your lineup flexibility that way. Uh, you've that got way. backups too. You've got backups. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the the depth on the team 
even though they had to trade Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who we all love um, for his, his, his sweet hair and his vibes around the team, and he's had some, he had some incredibly clutch hits, and like that tying grand slam this year. And I mean, he's, he's got a lot of big moments. Uh, and beloved of course, player. Yeah, beloved, beloved player. player. And for good reason. He did a lot of good in his time at Toronto. Um, and Moreno, obviously up and coming, one of the top prospects in baseball. But as we'll talk about, he was the odd man out. Um, and Varsho is a guy who's going to come in and he's going to, he hit lead off a bit for the Diamondbacks. He's going to hit like sixth, seventh, maybe fifth for the Blue Jays at best. There's no so, way he hits fifth. I'm just saying, like, that's, it depends who's in the lineup, but he's going to be in that six, seven spot most of the time. And he hit 27 home runs last year and stole 16 bases. And yeah. led major league outfielders in uh, defensive run save. I want to go through. Incredible. I want if you're okay with it. Go I want to go through his entire 2020. I want to deep yes. dive. Yes, let's do it. So while I'm doing this, I'm barfing some stats up. That's an old school reference uh, for the show. Uh, can you grab some fielding metrics for him? And I'm going to break it down for you guys that what I love about Dalton Varsho is he is he's got three things or four things going for him that are mm -hmm. desperately needed on this Blue Jays team the first thing is that he's a left-handed bat yes immediately that changes the complexion of the lineup it, for the better ever since we uh, did not re-sign uh, the dick man Corey Dickerson I've been <laughs> wanting an outfielder who hits from the left side of the plate because we need that in the lineup. We need somebody who can, you know, uh, pull it, pull it to, uh, fucking, oh my God, my brain left field. Um, the right. No, he's batting left. Help me. I'm failing. How I'm do you not, do it? I'm left? not sure where you are. Well, he bats left, so he bats from the left side of the plate. So he would pull to the left, right? He would pull to right field. Pull to right field. No. Yes. yes. Batting left. You, if you're batting left, you're standing on the first base side. Yeah, I. you know what? It always confuses me because if you bat left, you're standing. It, I'm thinking about it from the perspective of... You're thinking of, about it from the perspective of like the catcher or the umpire. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is it. stupid because the only people who do that are the, are catcher, the catcher and the, the umpire. umpire and the batter. <laughs> and the batter, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, everyone else is looking in at the plate. Okay. Right? So that's so now that I just spent two minutes wasting airtime <laughs> trying to figure out my left from my right. Congratulations, I... you understand the concept of mirrors now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, no, it's always been hard for me because I'm left-handed and I bat right. But when uh, okay. you're when I'm facing, if I'm behind the plate, it looks I'm on the left hand side, but that's not correct. I'm on, you. It's the other way around. Yes, thank you, Patrick, for that explanation. <laughs> no, I don't. I didn't need the. I didn't need to do that. But I, I, for anyone but myself, because I've always had problems with left and right because I am left handed. There's a trick. If you hold up your thumb and your index finger in front of you, your left hand makes an L. Did you know that? Son of a bitch. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> That's crazy. I always use All that right. when I'm uh, teaching people how to do raids in Destiny 2 and they don't yeah. know that. Now, now that I've exposed myself as being an illiterate <laughs> <laughs> moron, 
No, not really. I do know my left from my right. Just everybody shut up. <laughs> uh, anyway, we needed a bat. We needed a left-handed bat. We needed someone who can pull to the right. It's extremely important, especially uh, in these fucking Mickey Mouse American League East uh, outfields. Yeah, Varsho's going to love him at Yankee Stadium. Absolutely, yeah. Look at his spray chart, all of his home runs, mostly. Like, there's a couple he hits a straightaway center, but the rest of them are all... That's what I'm field. saying. I haven't been able to check his savant to see how many home runs he would hit if he had hit every game in uh, the, the Rogers Well, the thing center. is, Arizona has a really hitter-friendly ballpark, so... Yeah, and I mean, obviously, Rogers Center is very hitter-friendly, too, so it's, I think a lot of... It was actually relatively neutral the last couple of years. It's a really? common, common myth. It was just barely hitter-friendly the last couple of seasons. I actually looked well, into that. Well, we the know the day. Yankee one was oh, yeah, hitter-friendly yeah. because... Yeah, Mickey Mouse didn't Clubhouse they, and Wasn't Parker. it already proven that their the balls for a lot of those games were juicy? Yeah, that was a whole thing that we never talked about, but yeah, Nobody Yankees talked about got it. got preferential treatment. Um, He would have hit... Oh God, where's the where's that division? He would hit thirty three homers at Yankee Stadium, so six extra over what he hit in total. I mean that's significant. Twenty nine in the Toronto, so two more. It'll so be interesting though because uh, this season where there's going to be a better mix of games. But yes, that's nonetheless left handed bat being able to pull a ball right. A combination of left handed bat plus power is significant. The other thing he has going for him, so this is three out of four things I want to talk about, is speed. He can steal bases, which is really important. That's why I think he'll be closer to the bottom of the lineup rather than uh, five, six, seven. I think he'll be like eight or nine. Because can you imagine him leading off with a, with a knock and then getting a steal? The only thing I can think of is it'll probably be, I'd say, more of a Kiermaier, Merrifield, Espinal, Biggio combo with that eight, nine. And yeah, then I, I see because he hit 27 homers. That's why I have him like five, six. Um, yeah. you, you want to hit him probably around Chappie. Um, if you look at well, and then, if you look at fan graphs, like they have the lineup, they have the lineup shown. They actually have him in the six hole. They've got Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, Kirk, Chappie, and then Varsho, followed by Jano, Merrifield, and Kiermaier. That's how they have it in the depth chart. Obviously, yeah, I like that. I like Danny would that. Danny Johnson would be the DH in that scenario. They have if I. Kirk and yeah, would flip flop. He has between. to be. Yeah, uh, I mean, Kirky's going to catch probably two days out of five, and then DH at least two more, and then Jana will be in there catching three out of five, and maybe DHing one out of five. So, yeah, I expect both catchers game. to get four out of five games kind of played, whether it's between DH and. If Kirk doesn't get six hundred plate appearances this year, they it's failed. a crime. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's projected to get. I think they have. They have last year. He had five hundred and forty-one. And that's conservative. <laughs> so he'll, he'll get more than 600 this year. I mean, Vladdy had get, 700 last year, so Kirk, will get yeah, 600. Yeah, Kirk will get 600 plus. Danny will probably get 400 plus. Yeah, and that's if he stays healthy, which is the question mark. But we'll talk That about is that. the question mark, but it's still like it makes sense they decided to go with familiarity rather than roll the dice, even though Moreno is pretty much – he's pretty damn close to a sure thing. I uh, – I still don't. I he's he's not a sure thing because of the lack of power that he's shown. But yeah, if he but can hit for average, power? I mean, we we see it with Kirk. I mean, Kirk hit 14 homers last year, in in just under 550 plate appearances, uh, which is fine. We're not mad about that at all. But he, he hit 285, right? So that's great. I mean, if Moreno hit 319 in 73 plate appearances last year, if he can hit, if he can hit around the same average as Kirky, 
you're gonna you're gonna love that because he's, he plays great defense. He's got some speed too. Like he's not a slow catcher. Uh, he's no, not, no, he's no, not no, a, he's no, not no. a big lad. He's he's relatively like relatively lean, I would say, for a catcher. And I mean, I, we hope that he turns into an all star. I mean, it would it would it would hurt a little bit, but I mean, you never wish a guy poorly. So no, no, no. This isn't <laughs> about Moreno though. Yeah, this yeah. is About Varsho and yeah. And what I'm trying to get at is that he's got wheels, and that we could use that because one of the biggest weaknesses of the Jays for the last ten years has been base running. Well, uh, and by trading Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, yeah. to other places, it they immediately lost a lot of slowness. It immediately makes them a much better base running team by subtraction. And defensive team. And well, Justin, you gotta let me finish. That is point number four. <laughs> Dalton Varsho. I wanted to tee it up for you, but whatever. This is what you want. Uh, is his fielding? He's a phenomenal yes. outfielder. So go ahead and barf those uh, defensive metrics at me. Did you know that his average home run shot is twenty point five seconds? I love. Why that does that seem that. long? It's it's not. I don't know. I'm not sure how it measures up, but I just love how they have that tracked on Statcast. It's hilarious. Um, that is kind of funny. It is. It's a it's a really funny thing to look at. Some guys. Who Josh Donaldson's is 75 seconds. Yeah, it's probably a lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about his fielding. So, this guy last year, Patrick, was the best outfielder in Major League Baseball in terms of Statcast's outs above average metric. He saved mm-hmm. 18 outs above average, and there was not a single spot, whether it was going lateral to his left, to his right, in or back, where he was below zero, like where he was negative. Not a single one. Um, in terms of they have a metric that they call success rate added, so it determines, like, hey, like, he, he made 92% of the catches that came his way, and the estimated success rate of those catches was about 85. So he had like 7% success to all of the outcomes just by being an exceptional fielder. So he's going to okay. perform above average for you. You love that. So to round up here, we got a guy who hit about as many home runs as Teoscar Hernandez, yeah. who has wheels, who can steal more bases than all everybody we've traded away combined. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His, yes, his average is about 60 points lower uh than the aggregate of the guys we traded away but his defense is so much better that we go from being like uh and like a d-tier defensive team to like a b it's pretty dramatic well yeah i mean he had double the f war of teoscar hernandez last year and that's because Teo had a bad year. He did. He did have a bad year, and he missed some time. He was hurt for a while. I mean, it's it is what it is. He still put up a 129 WRC plus. Teo did, and that's pretty damn good. It's it's very good. Like with nothing nothing against Teo. Varsha's was only a 106, but because his again his defensive value is so much higher, that's where the the money gets made, right? And I mean. Varsho's walk rate and Teoscar's walk rate aren't all that far off. Varsho is 7.8. Teoscar is a 6.4. Varsho is going to strike out about 4% less than Teo. Teo was a 28.5. Varsho is a 24.5. Jesus, that's high. So there's more yeah. balls in play yeah. from Varsho as well, too. Um, and a bit more speed. I mean, their on-base percentages were only differing by 14 points in Teoscar's favor because he had a higher average. But Varsho had, like, 77 RBIs, Teoscar had 74. And 
Teoscar had uh, 60 more plate appearances than Varsho did in the season. Here's another factor in all of this. this yeah. I'm just going to, we're going to pile it on now. Let's pile it on. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. As, look, I fucking love this guy. I've said it since the day he debuted. I'm very sad that he is gone. Uh, at the same time, he was a free agent after 2023, and there was very little chance yeah. that he was going to stay in Toronto because they need the Bucks for uh, the big Vladdy boys. And Bo. <laughs> for Vladdy and Bo. <laughs> and Guriel's probably going to command uh, a, a not <laughs> insignificant amount of money. Yeah, and I don't. I, yeah, he's gonna. He's only twenty nine still. We always think of Guriel as being older, because um, Yuli is so much older. Yuli is like forty. He's ancient. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, Guriel Lourdes Guriel Junior is like thirteen years younger or something like that. Yeah, it's he? crazy. Or, or nine years, something, or something like that. It's it's a pretty significant difference. The thing sure. is, it's not completely impossible that there wouldn't be a reunion in twenty twenty four when he becomes a free agent anyway. It's not. So happening. I'm just gonna say it. I know that, but what I'm saying is, if we were that desperate to have him back, baby, come back. Yeah. It's it's not impossible anyway. So we're basically trading a year of Guriel at the end of a contract for four years of Dalton Varsho. Mm -hmm. And I know, mm -hmm. obviously, on top of that, it's six years of control with Gabriel Moreno. I think it's six. Something like that. Yeah, but I mean, they're betting on Kirk and Jano being who they are for the next three four years that, that, that this window is open of competitiveness right that's the other factor in all of this is that the window this trade indicates that yes we love all these guys that we've developed as players they've invested a lot of time in both Mourinho oh, and yeah. Guriel but that being said if the choice is to win now or not win at all I, it's pretty obvious yeah that this is a positive Teams teams do this right in every major sport you yeah you give your guys a shot to win and if they don't you make changes and that's exactly what the blue jays are doing now because you cannot you cannot be complacent right like yes they yeah have the last two team. years in the playoffs were shit yeah they have a great team but if the team's not winning it doesn't matter it's you've got to change it up and try something different and that's yep. exactly what this move is i would so. i would argue the team didn't win the division both years and lost playoffs because their defense is atrocious yeah and and look like people are understandably frustrated like we're used to the blue jays being this like high flying smack home runs everywhere offense and yeah they've probably lost a little bit of that but by adding varsho back you you kind of negate the Teoscar loss and they're betting on Merrifield being close to the guy he was in September for the Blue Jays and re kind of returning to career norms. And you, you mentioned well, he's like not injured anymore. No. And you mentioned stolen bases too, Patrick. I mean, they brought in uh, like Merrifield only had 16 last year, but he's a guy who's stolen 40 in the past when he's been healthy. I mean, Varshall stole 16 last year. Springer stole 14 and Bo stole 14. Kiermaier has been a guy who can steal some bases too. Obviously he only played 200, uh, bats or plate appearances last year so i mean he stays healthy he could get closer to 20 stolen bases so you you, you do have a lot more team speed now Cavan, yeah Cavan yeah biggio as well skill. off the bench i mean if he can he only had two stolen bases last year but he just wasn't on base ever <laughs> the other thing when it comes to so. recreating the average in the aggregate whit merrifield is a career 298 hitter he's a great hitter <laughs> he is and yeah people, if people you forget look at that his, i think look at his batting average up until uh, 2021 when he started to see the fall like he has declined since 2018 yeah, yeah but he uh, flirted with 300 for two years 
282 in 2020, which was still pretty strong. And he's going to be hitting eighth games. in this lineup. He's not hitting in the top four like he was in Kansas City. Yeah, so. 277 uh, in uh, 2021. Uh, we, we saw his slug decline yeah. significantly. And then look at the time that he was in Toronto. He had 281 with a 466 slug, five yeah, he, home runs. He hit 277 RBIs. or 271 after the All Star break last year. Yeah, he and didn't even really get a ch- in September and October. <laughs> didn't even really get a chance to steal bases in Toronto either because no. um, he's you know getting over the re- recovering from that he injury. He was swinging that really more too, which is something that people yeah. have pointed out. He was much more much more aggressive yes. ever than he than he had been in his career because that was the Blue Jays' approach, and we saw it in September pay dividends. He had so many hits on the first pitch because pitchers were used to him being a guy who would take something and they would throw him a get me over breaking ball, and he would smack the living shit out of it. You look at his projections. I'm looking at his projections on uh, B-Ref, and he's projected to hit 11 home runs, 56 RBIs, 21 stolen bases, 69 runs. Nice. nice. Uh, with a 258 batting average. I'd take the over on that. I would yeah, Steamer has him about that. the same on Fangraphs, too. Uh, 98 uh, WRC plus. I mean, it's nothing wrong with that. 1.1 war player. You'll take it. Yeah, and I actually I would take the over for sure yeah. on that. And, I think he'll hit better than guy who's going to um, play second base, right field, maybe some center for you as well on those odd days, right? Like, he's got incredible versatility. Guriel could have played first base every now and then, but he wasn't good at it. <laughs> we won't, we won't kid ourselves there. Uh, and, yeah, putting so aside... Like you, you've got the, a team who collectively are just much better fielders now. Yeah, putting aside vaccination, dumbassery. Uh, he's a smart guy. Uh, and he knows how to play the game, and he's gotten pretty much the most out of it. Yeah, uh, this is like my my one like old school baseball take is I love guys who run run out the ball to first base every time. He's one of those guys who does that. He does, yeah, and I like that too. I wish other players on our team, yeah, like Vladdy, would do that. You but. see it; it's like it doesn't gain you a lot often, but when it does, it's in always in a huge moment when you can force an error or force somebody to rush a throw. It's exactly why we missed the playoffs in 2021. Yes. Was because <laughs> someone legged out, legged it out and yeah. our fielder, uh, yes. Flubbed it. You're right. You're hundred percent. That cost correct. us literally the season. You are anyway, correct. we don't have to rehash that <laughs> this trade. I just, I know it's, it, it's hard not to be emotional about trading away players. We've invested so much time in getting to know and seeing their success. Um, peak Lourdes Gurriel Jr. was phenomenal. Yeah. Like, at his peak, he was hitting over 300, and he was actually mashing for home runs. Um, and that's going to be missed, but at the same time, we didn't trade him to a, a division or league rival. He's going completely to a different league, uh, the we'll National see him League. once only this year. So, yeah, he's got yeah, we're not, series he's, to hear this. It's not going to, yeah, it's not going to bite us in the ass. The thing that's going to bite us in the ass is if Gabriel Mourinho becomes the next Johnny Bench. (laughs) Yeah, that would suck. But I mean. That would suck. But at the same time. Just think of it this way. If the Blue Jays win a World Series in the next four four or five years, none of it's going to matter. Everyone will look back on on this trade and be like, thank you, Ross Atkins, for doing this. Yeah, I'll take the title. Yeah, I mean. That's the, what this is. This is a trade for. I a don't want to comp- like. I, I can't. It's not the same kind of trade, but it's like it's like the Raptors bringing in Kawhi, right? They traded Demar oh Derozan. God. They brought in Kawhi Leonard a year later. Like, your team might be good, but it might not be good enough. And the Blue Jays I was were not gonna, good enough. 
Yeah, I was gonna make that parallel too. Where it was like, it's like when they traded for Kawhi, they were like, "We're either winning this year or we're we're, good, we're losing. We're up. just gonna blow it all up anyway." Yeah. This that's and not what the Jays are gonna do, but it's no. You have to change the face of your franchise, and you just traded away two guys and Teoscar and, and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. who were part of that face for for the last however many years, and now they're gone. Is it okay? I still love Kawhi. Oh yeah, I me don't too. care. He's great. Like he he, he he got he they won the championship. He did what he said he was going to do that year, and what more can you ask of a guy? You can't, you can't ask anything else, in my opinion. A win's a win, a dub's a dub. He got his paper. He he got his max. Yeah. He got the max. He deserved it. Uh, he did not play because he was recovering from an ACL tear. Mm-hmm. I love Kawhi. I could talk about Kawhi. We could do yeah, like that's... a ten-part <laughs> podcast on, on the impact Kawhi Leonard has had on. Fucking basketball, basketball in Canada. Yeah. It's insane. Anyway. It's, uh, uh, completely insane. <laughs> anyway, we got our title. I it, This is... It's like this, but it's in a more long-term scale where it's Yeah, like, it's not a one-year shot. It's... We it's have a, a window of four window. years right now, I think. Well, actually, no. How many years... When is Vladdy a free agent? Oh, God. I, I know. know. This is really depressing, but we're going to do this now. <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to be a free agent in... Da, 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 da. Oh, my God. 2026. So we have him for three oh, more depressing. seasons of control. 23, 24, and depressing. 25. And Bo is the same, isn't he? Yeah, I believe so. Bo Bichette. He is a free agent in 2026 as well. Yeah. God, that's depressing. Well, they're going to sign those guys sooner than later. Yes, I agree. Uh, and if we're being honest, we're probably not going to be signing Bo Bichette. I don't. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. It was interesting, uh, interesting to me, I Patrick. Know. I know we hear it all the time, and we've talked about it before. How we always say, "Oh yeah, Bo might be the one guy who leaves," but when they traded for Dalton Varsho, they asked him like, "Who's reached out to you?" And he said, "Bo Bichette was the first guy to call me or to text me or whatever." So I mean, whether or not, really, yeah, that's what he said in one of his MLB TV or whoever he was talking to MLB that's Network. Fu- that's fucking awesome. He said, awesome. "Yeah, I Bo, didn't know that. Bo texted me right away," kind of thing. Like, so I mean. We ha- we make a lot of like how Bo is, is kind of like the. Is this Bo's team? I think it is personally. Like Bo, we always talk about like, oh yeah, the clubhouse has fun, and like people are saying, oh Bo was way too serious last year. I think Bo was serious because he wasn't having a good year for the most part. He was miserable last year. And then and then he got better, and then he was happier, you know. And so I think I think Bo is one of those guys in the clubhouse who's probably. Um, he probably says quite a bit behind closed doors more than we think he does. But what if this is Bo's team? I think I, I think it is. I think guys like Bo Springer and Manoa are, are, are the guys who are probably more vocal in the clubhouse. I think Vladdy um, is too. Vladdy's th- a different cat, though. Yes, yes, and and I don't want to like. It's not because he's he doesn't speak English as well. We, he speaks English fine enough to communicate with everybody on his team and even with the media when he wants to. Um, it's just the fact that I think he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who is outspoken. Whereas a guy like Bo Manoa and Springer, like Springer's been around, he's won a championship asterisk. Um, and Manoa is just like this young up and coming high energy guy. And Bo's got his kind of composure. He's got his dad, like that, who, who, who's been around major league clubhouses his whole life. So I think those three guys to me, if I had to pick from the outside looking in, I would say those are the three guys who are probably like the clubhouse voices, you know, the, the loud guys. But not I think Vladdy is way. probably also the vo- uh, voice as well. 
And then it's interesting too, like we talked about Whit Merrifield and the impact that he's had on the team since he's arrived. He's the, I, it's not fair to say he's the old man of the clubhouse, but he is. Yeah, he's I mean, thirty-three. Him and like Gosman and Springer, are the kind of the old dudes around there, right? And Chappie, I guess, has been around for quite a while too. And has ba- Bass is success. Bass is thirty-four. Yeah, Ryu is thirty-five. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's not there's not a lot of now that now that David Phelps isn't with the team anymore, he's a, still a free agent. But there's not a lot yeah. of like MLB journeymen on this team because most of these guys have played for one or two teams for most of their career. And yeah, people people forget Kirk. <laughs> Kirk. <laughs> He's the younger than Vladdy and Bo. Yeah, Kirk is twenty three. Vladdy's yeah. twenty three. Uh, Bo is twenty four. Like these are this is like the guts of the team, and yeah. like everybody else is twenty seven to twenty nine. Springer's 32, but he plays like he's 26. <laughs> it's really weird. It's hard to explain. I do think Guerrero is a part of that core. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying. He may not. not be as vocal, but the way that he he leads the team in a different way. You can see it off the bench. Yeah, when he comes up with a big hit, too. I mean, he's he's, he's trying to fire his teammates up when he hits a double or like the whole, like, this is my house after he hit that home run. I like, wish he didn't say that, but yeah, I agree. I like it. I mean, it was cool, but it, man, that got shoved down our throat. Oh, Same whatever. with the movie quote. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, would Would you rather guys who don't say anything or guys who do? I would rather guys who say stuff like that. It's I don't know. It's, it's a good a way mix. to get the fan base fired up. And I mean, do you think Vladdy gives a flying fuck about what Joe Random Yankee fan on Twitter says? No. <laughs> no, I don't think he gives a shit Neither at all because he's already. He's already silver slugger, gold glove, yeah. MVP runner up. Vlad didn't uh, have to pay for his blue check mark, so he doesn't care what anybody else says. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't give a fuck. I mean, his he's already <laughs> he's already got a hundred home runs, and he's twenty three years old. Yeah, like, there's there's a fucking, chance that he moves into the top ten in Blue Jays home runs this year. That'd be sick. Yeah, he's got to pass he a needs lot of thirty four ish to get he's there. He's got to pass like Sean Green and yeah. Uh, like there's just a bunch. There's so many good dudes. Aaron Hill. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lot of really good dudes uh, in Toronto Blue Jays history when it comes oh, yeah. to like uh, home runs. So like I don't know, man. I I think Vladdy is a part of that leadership group. But you're right. Like I think it's different. He does it differently. He's kind of like the party master general rather than <laughs> someone who's going to be like, okay, guys, let's get our shit together. Yeah. That's why I think it was so utterly devastating to watch Bo and Springer collide mm-hmm. in center field, two of our leaders, yeah. go down. Like, I was terrified that Bo might have fractured his forearm. Yeah, that that whole thing could have been much worse than it was. Like, Oh, it's still bad, though. I'm pretty yes. sure that Springer got concussed. Oh, definitely. But both, both guys were fortunate enough to walk away and be, you know, like, cognizant of where they were. Um probably felt like it was they both probably felt like it was their fault as well oh 100 percent. i mean in that moment two guys going for the baseball i mean well, i'll never i'll I, like i've said millions of times i'm never going to consider or another um i'll never be mad at either of them for trying on that play like that's a play that has to be made but yeah it's just, upset it's in the shitty, moment but it's just like it is what it is it's a it's, it's a baseball play in the, in the long run and i mean the jays will win a championship and we'll completely forget about that moment that'll be one of the moments that was a catalyst to moving on to bigger and better things hopefully so that's what it's all about that's what this varsho moves uh signifies to me that yeah. as well as uh spending the money to get bassett 
Uh, yes. And also kind of making the trade, trading away Tasker. Yeah, getting Eric Swanson to getting show Eric up the Swanson. Like they, the moves that they've made this year, really they they subtracted. They've lost. They lost Stripling to free agency, which we knew was going to happen. But I, in my opinion, Duke got his money. I'm not Bassett. happy for him. Yeah, and, and and Strips has a good a good deal for him and his family, and you love that. Um, they got Bassett, who is arguably an upgrade to Stripling, or very similar. Like both guys are great three four starters, and Bassett will be awesome on this team with his ground ball rate. And yep. and they've like they've improved their run prevention, which was an area that they struggled. I think you're going to see Kevin Gosman. I'm I'm putting I, I, if I bet on him this year, I'm betting on him to win the Cy Young Award. Because the defense is going to be so much better behind him, I think he'll. No benefit. more, yeah, no more extreme shifts. Him, too. I think. I think he's going to be, be the guy who benefits the most from that, and I think Manoa is going to be incredibly good too because he he does give up some fly balls. Yeah, but they're always, I, they're, but they're not super hard hit, and those are the ones that typically are the the balls that'll find holes because they'll be the loopers and the, and the bloopers and whatever else. Whereas now, I think more of those are going to get caught. We kind of bypassed doing our sort of year in review this year because I guess we, I don't know, it's time for our format yeah, to evolve it's, a little bit. It's 2023. But, <laughs> um, but I was the one who said Manoa was going to have an excellent year Yeah. Uh, in his sophomore year. So I hate to say this, Chris Henderson, wherever <laughs> you are, I told you so. I think um, but you also told us about Dalton Varsho. So it, yeah. it all comes out in the wash. <laughs> um, one last thing before we kind of conclude our episode today. Yeah. This was interesting to me. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays acquired uh, pitcher Jun- Junior Fernandez. I'm sorry if I'm missing some of the accents or pronunciation. I apologize. Uh, I'm just re- saying Junior Fernandez because I'm a stupid English-speaking person. Yeah, we can't speak uh, other languages. Yeah, uh, from New York Yankees Our via waivers. Uh, I did a little dive into this guy's stats, and I want to talk about this guy not because I think he's going to light up the world, but because... He offers something very interesting, uh, some interesting potential. Okay, um, okay. Have you had a chance to look at his numbers at all? I see what you put on our sheet here. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, he is a big boy, six foot three, two hundred fifteen pounds. He yep. is a righty. Yeah. So, uh, no lefty magic here, uh, but. What really interests me about him is that he uh, far exceeded what the expectations were as far as metrics go. Uh, if you see, there's some concerning numbers, like his ball, BB per nine is 5.79, which is, uh, that's probably about double what you want to see in a reliever. Yeah. Uh, it's really bad. Yep. Uh, but he left 93.3% of all base runners uh, on base. And he is a he had a high ground ball percentage, and I guess like a slightly above average home run per nine and a slightly above average home run per fly ball. But it's a, in an eighteen point two innings pitched, his ERA was two point four one. His FIP was really really bad at five point seven nine. X FIP was a little closer to like average, I guess you could say. Yeah. Negative value F WAR. I'm no. not sure how or why probably because he got lit up once or twice um but this guy's interesting to me he's got you know he, he's got skill you know he's been developing since he was 17 he's, I look, he's been doing this for eight years i look at his savant page 
the man throws a 98.7 mile an hour sinker. He did, didn't even get there yet. He's and got a very good changeup as well. 98.8. Like, he's, he throws gas. And we he's love got that. a 60 grade changeup, or he was like his uh, present and future value changeup was mm-hmm. measured at 60, according to Fangraphs. I didn't open up his savant. Uh, I don't know why I didn't. So, what you're, uh, so what you're telling me about this guy is it seems like he needs somebody to fix his delivery to make it more consistent. Is that kind of what you're getting at? That's what I'm seeing. When I look at his numbers, it's just because the command yes. obviously isn't, isn't fully there, which I mean, in, in most relief pitchers, it's just a, usually a delivery mechanics thing. Yeah. Um, at 25 years old, this was basically like a free pickup. He has a well, like as far oh, as yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, speed goes, he's got his, the average changeup is around 86, 87 in the league. His yeah. changeup goes between like 89 and, and 95. <laughs> 90, I'm seeing 90.9 as the average on Savon. Yeah, well, that would be the average for him. Yeah. But but I mean, like he'll he he's got range on it. His he's got an above average speed slider mm-hmm. uh, and a, a well above league average fastball. So right. he's got. He's got some tools, and well, it's, I guess for him, for him, the fastball is the sinker. He throws that way more than he throws look, a four-seamer. Uh, the worst case scenario, this is minor league depth. Best case scenario, he's a guy who can help your bullpen if he figures it out. You know. Yeah, and, and the thing is, work with uh, work with Pete. Yeah. Uh, I know he's not everybody's favorite guy because yeah, of whatever. certain things yeah, let's just move on from that yeah. but uh he worked wonders with ross stripling in his delivery of his changeup. this yeah. this kid only threw 34 changeups last year and uh they were pretty good i feel like if he uh he could you know maybe work on a little bit on the delivery and the consistency he that could be. Imagine how frustrating it would be trying to face a slider versus changeup, and having them mix it up. His slider is okay, but like I don't know. I think the one he would probably ditch is the four seamer, and then just throw the sinker slider changeup. That's annoying. That's an annoying combo. I would not want to face that, especially somebody who throws well above average speed for all three of those. Mm-hmm. There's something here with this guy, and you're right. Worst case scenario uh depth best case scenario we just got our answer to another flamethrower that we can add to the bullpen and again swing and miss stuff was the thing that this team needed and we may have just gotten it for free yeah and i mean he's still got a proven spring training that he can be a major league reliever yeah for sure yeah he's got to earn that spot but that's the last he's not he's not near the top of the depth chart no and i wouldn't even say he's a favorite for that last spot at this point I, I would say he's the most interesting option for the last spot. I wouldn't say he's the favorite. But. No, it's it, this is going to be really like the one of the one of the few years that I can remember where there's going to be a legitimate bullpen competition in spring training, and not just for like four or five spots. It's for one spot. That's I know great. you don't want to hear it, but Butters is going to fight for his life. Yeah, he's, Butters should give up on baseball and become an accountant like what he looks like he should be because oh my god you're such an asshole you're such an asshole i'm i'm just i've i've never had an attachment to trent thornton 
that other people do and i will constantly remind people about that <laughs> yeah that's it that's all i got <laughs> on, on junior fernandez i think it's a interesting move but i'm not holding my breath for anything special it could be good though it i could. think i think this yeah, is it underrated could. it could yeah it's it, like you said it's it's free it it costs it's it's a waiver pickup. It costs nothing. It so. costs us a roster spot on the forty man, which yeah. was open anyway, wasn't it? Yeah, there's open spots open um, because of the trade of Varsho and for Varsho they got rid of two guys off the forty. Yeah. Um, so but no but really, like, what else is left? I mean, they got their left-handed outfield power bat all in one package mm. in Varsho with speed. Um. There could still be, I mean, I, I think more starting rotation depth is still the priority, in my opinion. And, I mean, maybe uh, another left-handed bench bat. Like, people have thrown around, like, a Robbie Grossman type guy. Because right now your bench is Spencer Horowitz, Nathan Lucas, Kevin Biggio, and Santiago Espinal. So there's definitely some room for improvement there. I think we need another left-handed infielder. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really care what position it is. I would just like to see another left-handed battery from the switch hitting pad, you know? How did... I know I keep harping on this. How did Corey Dickerson do last year? Not good? <laughs> I don't know, but, I mean, I think he was with, what, was he with St. Louis? I don't think it was very good, if I remember correctly. Uh, He had an OPS of 100. He had 267, six home runs, so the power kind of... And 281 at-bats... Yeah, let's. Why let's didn't move we on. just re-sign him? I don't understand. Let's move on he, from him. He was so much better in Toronto, though his OPS dropped by like. Oh, yeah, Jesus. but I mean, it was it was a pretty like short stint. It was 140 play appearances. That's, That's not, not nothing. Much. Yeah. 46 games. I don't know. I. Yeah, he see, he's, seems like he's been downgraded to a part timer. Yes, uh, which is where he should be. Yeah, but he's still good for a left. Yay. I'm not saying he's the answer. Yeah, I'm saying no, no, thank you. I'll pass. I, I'm saying like Next. we need someone who's like <laughs> Corey Dickerson, but but not better. named Corey Dickerson. Oh, okay, yeah, I feel you. I want that skill set. What is that skill of set? of a younger, a younger Corey Dickerson, a left-handed bat who hit for average? Because until we got him, up until that year, he was like a career two eighty hitter. Yeah. He's in the but he also had he also had power upside, and yeah. is a good fielder. Average fielder at best. I don't know. Is average good? When you average say average, average, yeah. But would you like saying you're an average fielder? That means there's I would lots say of guys. That's good. I'd say it's I average. It, I, well, okay. Well, whose fielding would you rather have, Teoscar Hernandez or Corey Dickerson? <laughs> Um, what comes with it? Does the bat come with? Does Corey Dickerson all of a sudden have Teoscar Hernandez's bat? Because no, yeah, then I'll take Teoscar still. <laughs> Teoscar's still worth more uh, than Dickerson. You're such an no, but asshole. think it's it's just it's yeah. Just I know, I know, math. I know, I know. What I'm <laughs> I know what I'm saying, but I'm saying I want a, I want Patrick, a left-handed bat stop, who can hit for. Stop trying to make fetch happen. You're not gonna make it happen. I'm, I want a left-handed hitter who can hit for average is a above average fielder he can have mid-range power i don't give a shit about that i need somebody who gets on base because we have guys who will drive in runs yeah we need someone who can hit seven eight nine who i don't care if he hits 280 and does nothing but slap 
singles. I don't care. What if I need someone who can get on base? There is an option. If you say Santiago Espinal, his name is Robbie Grossman. I don't want Robbie Grossman. He bats switch. He throws left. He was above average in on defense last year. His batting stats leave something to be desired. What was his batting average? Not good. Two ten. Two ten. I see two oh nine. So tell me more about this guy. Yes. But again, you're bringing him in to be a bench bat, and you need a left a left OPS of 80. He's a what worse hitter 80? than Rymel Tapia, who we let go for nothing. What, what, what is this 80 you're talking about? His OPS plus was 80. Oh, I, I, all I heard was, I, you didn't say OPS. You didn't say plus. All I heard was OPS. So it's like, his OPS was not 80. <laughs> what was his OPS last year? 621. Not great. 621. It was a, it was a bad plus. year for him. Like, I'm not going to say it wasn't, but I would still much rather this guy than Corey Dickerson. Yes, but you're you're missing what I'm saying. A Patrick, guy, a guy that you're looking for is like Juan Soto, <laughs> and that's not going to happen. I'm just saying. I'm just. Is, are, are you saying that Juan Soto doesn't grow on trees? I'm saying yes. That is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, before we end this, let's just let's just stick a fucking fork in it by looking at the remaining outfielders who are available. Uh, Christ almighty. Robbie Grossman. If you anyway. say Robbie Grossman one more time, I'm seriously, I'm going to lose my if shit. If you say Corey Dickerson, I'm just gonna... It's not. It's not. It's not. I'll stop. Okay. They have to hit left. You got Cole Calhoun. No. No. Robbie Grossman switch. I mean, that's a $7 million player. I think we can do better. Tyler Naquin. Tyler Naquin. There it is. I just pulled that out of my ass. How do you like that? Tyler Naquin. Okay, so last year he hit... Never mind. Not Tyler Naquin. Uh, and then it's Rymel Tapia. But we let go for nothing. It's... Ben Gamble. What's Ben Gamble up to these days? Not much. He hit a... Look, if you're looking yep, for a left-handed bat, I mean, no. they've got both Spencer Horowitz and Nathan Lucas. What bench Alex Dickerson? Tell me about Alex Dickerson. I don't even Dickerson. know who that is. Oh, he hit 121 last year in 13 games. See, that's okay. what I'm saying. It's like Fuck, right it's now your, your best not... available option is Robbie Grossman. Or, it is Robbie Grossman. Or you roll the dice and hope that one of Nathan Lucas or Spencer Horowitz can give you what you want off the bat. Tell me about Tyler Naquin's injury I'm not history. anything about Tyler Oh, my Naquin. God. It's not good. I'm not even going to bother because I know it's not worth he it. He had COVID multiple times. <laughs> this is Oh yeah, so. And then a quad and then so a quad. So what you're telling me is he licks doorknobs. <laughs> uh so since 2018, he's had hamstring, hip, calf, knee, ACL, toe, ribs, COVID, COVID and quad. He's missed 235 so he days. No legs si- left. I he's 31. Oh my god, he'll be 32. I thought Fade Taylor na- No. No, that's a no. Fade him. Yeah, that's a no. Yeah, you're. I okay. I'll acknowledge that you're right. It's Robbie Grossman. If you Thank acknowledge you. that Robbie Grossman is not. I didn't. I never said that he was. I said he was an above-average fielder who hit switch. <laughs> I know, but his average tanked thirty look, points. Look, I've. I didn't say he was the answer to everyone's problems, but I just said he was the best available option. So. What about David? Where's David Peralta at? I don't know. I don't. You know David Peralta. Okay, here we go. David Peralta is, uh, oh, it's Tampa Bay. No, he's free agent. Oh, I'm gonna shove David Peralta right into this conversation. He had 251 last year. 
He hits left, throws left, uh, 731 OPS, uh, 0.94 war last year. Uh, he has power. He can take walks. He strikes out an alarming amount uh, for what we're looking for. Yeah. But he's got all the tools that I'm looking for. Career 280 hitter. I don't know. I would take... I Dave Peralta is... He is 35. That's the wrong side of that number. Um, I would take David Peralta on a short one-year deal over Robbie Grossman. Yeah, I don't really want either of them. Yeah, I don't either. But I'm saying but, that's what we need. Yeah, they, they need just... The, it's start another a fifth, fourth, five starter kind of guy. Starting depth, just somebody who can fill in for injuries because they're bound to happen at some point, <sighs> and then a bench bat. So the, this team is—I don't want to say they're done, but they're close to done. Yeah, and the rest is going to be internal competition in the spring. You know what? After all of this, the answer—the answer is internal. It's Nathan Lucas. Yeah, that's why I said that. That's it. That's hope, it. It's Nathan Lucas. Yeah, I mean, I I would like to see him get an honest shot. And that's left. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Fuck decent it. year in Buffalo. Spencer Horowitz was great at three levels last year. There's there is a there's not a lot of competition in spring training, but the competition that there will be will be fierce. There are re- there are really two bench spots up for grabs. Those Horowitz and Lucas bench spots right now on the depth chart. Those are up for grabs. I think Vigio and Espinal are pretty much on the team. Um, because well, Biggio, yeah, Espinal is your backup year. shortstop, and Biggio is your like left-handed super utility man. I think they're done. Biggio, I, I think, is your, Biggio is your backup first baseman this year. So, because Guriel, he'll gone. get plenty. Yeah, he'll get plenty of PAs. I think. I yeah. think the answer is right in front of us. I think all of this was an exercise yeah, so in futility. Horowitz, it's Nathan Lucas. Horowitz and Lucas are going to compete for bench spots along with whoever the fuck else in minor leagues. Doesn't matter. They signed to minor league or spring training invites. Doesn't matter. We have our see, answer. Um, Kikuchi and White battle for that starting spot, the five six. No, I think they're just going to give it to. I don't Kikuchi. think it's a sure thing for Kikuchi. I really don't. I, I do. I don't. I, I'm. I refuse to admit that. And then I think uh, whoever doesn't get that spot, whether it's it's likely Kikuchi who gets it. I'll say it is likely. I think they put White in Buffalo, because they want to keep him stretched out and put it, stuffing him in the bullpen doesn't do him any good. No, it doesn't. And then you'll have a competition for that last bullpen spot between who's the swingman then? Thornton, Pearson, Merriweather, um, Hernandez. Like, there's a bunch of guys internally who are going to compete for that. What about Fernandez? The guy. Yeah, Fernandez too. Throw him in the conversation. That's why he's. That's what they grabbed him is to hope he can find something. What if? Okay. Here's a what if. Oh boy. No, we don't. Do we have time? No, we don't have time to do this. We're going to do I've, one I've, what I've if. I've been trying to wrap this up for like 20 minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do one quick what if. Going, what about David what if, Peralta? <laughs> what if... No, we're done with that. It's Nathan Lucas. The, the last thing is Nate Pearson. Yeah. Uh, he. It's an interesting quandary for him. He's running out of runway to make it or, mm-hmm. or, or bust. Um, what are you, how do you feel about him as maybe like uh, the swing man? Yeah, I, 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 in best case scenario, Nate Pearson is a is a two to three inning like once to the order reliever. I think that's the best case scenario for him, mm. and for the team, is that because he has experience starting, he obviously has a little bit more endurance than typical relievers. 
he can throw 100. Does he, though? Because he's been injured like 952 times. Yes, but the time that he has spent in baseball has been predominantly spent as a starting pitcher. So, I mean, he's th- yeah. that's what he trains for, you know? Um, I wish we had just traded him when we had the chance. Look, he was at maximum value. yeah, sure. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but there's still there is still a realistic shot that he provides value to this team in a trade in a competitive window, <laughs> and I I still think there is value to him. But I, I I this is his year. This is the last the last chance for him. But I mean, I I would love it if he was a swing man. If if he can be the guy who bridges Kikuchi or or the, that number five start to the back end of the bullpen, like if say Kikuchi gives you four innings of two or three run ball, Pearson can give you two innings and get you into the seventh, and that's what you would hope for that that game. So you don't have to burn through five relievers and only just use four or maybe three instead. You know, that's that would be his job, and I think that he is much more likely to do that than Merriweather is. I think Merriweather is done. Yeah, I think he's cooked. I don't uh, know how there's any loyalty left. Him and Thornton are two guys I just could not care any less about anymore. Thornton is useful, though. I know no, you hate to hear it, he but has he nothing is. Of value. Okay, well, you're wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> We're done with this episode, yes. though. Follow us on Twitter, at BFMD Podcast. If you agree with me about Butters, <laughs> uh, go ahead and DM or tweet us your comments. If you disagree... Uh, delete your Twitter account. We're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Website, bfmdpodcast.com. Go ahead and leave us a review of five stars or less. Uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. We had lots of fun, made a lot of jokes. Uh, yeah, now we are going uh, to watch the gold medal game between Chechia, uh, or formerly known as the Czech Republic, mm-hmm. uh, versus the Dominion of Canada. <laughs> It was another classic, uh, quick 57-minute BFMD episode. Christ. Christ. We always do You know this. what? I don't care. Fuck you know it. what? We, we, haven't, we, haven't, we haven't done this in a few weeks, so it was, we had it was fun. bound to happen. We yeah. had fun. We had we fun. We should be a bit more frequent now that holidays are over, and like I said, it's like five and a half, six weeks until spring training, so there's going to be lots more to talk about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll do our best to be with you more often so you don't have to listen to us for this long at once. If you still, if you made it this far, we love you. <laughs> we do. Uh, we love you. Class dismissed. Uh, Boy meets world finale. Do you remember that? I love I, you all. That's Class before dismissed. me. But I love yeah, you. That's that's how I choose to end this episode. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, I'm excited, man. Dalton Varsho. Let's go. Woo. See you next time.